the B2B Messaging Podcast by Winter. Welcome to the B2B Messaging Podcast. Today, I have Megan Kierstead, Product Marketing Manager at Smile Identity. Megan, thanks so much for being on today. Thanks for having me. We'll go ahead and get started. I wanted to know a little bit more about you. How did you end up in product marketing and why did you choose that path? Yeah, so I started my career in actually like account management sales side of things. And I I think it kind of came naturally. I was a little bit nervous on calls. And so I would end up doing all this preparation and I would write out all my messages of what I was going to say to a client when I got there, almost preparing like, I guess what I would call a battle card now and like making my own presentations and being at a startup, I didn't have a lot of these resources prepared for me already. So I just started doing it. And then I found a lot of my colleagues in sales started using my materials. And naturally over time, I did more and more of that. And I was really drawn to like all the planning of the messaging and things like that. So it was a really natural transition to product marketing for me. And I've been doing it for just over a year now. And I'm I'm finding it it's just kind of been this progression that worked out for me and feels very like it came easy. <laughs> well, how is messaging currently being done at your company? Yeah, so I'm at a very small company. We're about 50 people and I am the primary person that's putting together our messaging. I'm a solo product marketer and I do a lot of it by listening. So I think the very beginning of my process, I really listen to a lot of customer calls. I listen to my sales team, what they're telling me. I go through notes and I really try to just like get as much information about whether it be a certain product or if I'm doing a big campaign company as a whole on a certain, I don't know, USP or something, but I really listen. And then I go into segmentation. So if I'm doing a new product, for example, so I'm launching, or we just launched recently a product that does document verification. We're an identity verification company. So it takes a picture of your document and then you can verify that it's an authentic document. And so maybe I would segment it based on people who have used a technology like this before and understand it and somebody who's just manually checks documents at their company and uses a human and a visual and doesn't know what the product is. Those people need different messaging. I try not to segment it too crazy because there's a lot of products and it's a lot to kind of keep up with for the sales team, but very basic, like if they have extremely different messaging, I'll do two, maybe three segments. And then from there, I kind of take group things into like what I've heard from calls of those people. So if they're saying like, ooh, I have people looking at these documents and I hear six people say, but I don't actually know if they know what a fake document looks like. Okay, well, the pain here is, you know, you can't actually rely on this solution. It may not be accurate. So then you might want to talk more about computer vision, how it sees security features, watermarks. So really trying to listen for things and lump them together into categories that I think make sense. And then I put it out there and see (laughs) if it works. It's a very iterative process for me. So I just try to do a first round with as much information as I can listening to the customer using their words. And then I continuously edit that if it wasn't actually captured in a way that made sense to everyone. Is it you then that comes up with the key messages after listening and those key messages are what you send out to the market? 
Yeah, yeah. It definitely, I collaborate a lot with our sales team. I find it works really well because they are like on the ground and really hearing what people are talking about. So I will kind of craft it together and then get their feedback, how they feel about that, if it's kind of resonating with what they're hearing. So uh, yeah, I do it, but I do it in collaboration a lot with our sales leaders because I think they have a lot of good insight on what the customers are talking about. Who at your company takes that messaging and turns it into website copy? Yeah, I, I was. <laughs> I wish more people would help me with it, but it is me <laughs> at, this, at this stage. So yeah, we are we're a marketing team of four actually. So I do write a lot of the web copy. The other marketing manager she helps a bit, but usually when it comes to product messaging or product landing pages, all of that I'm writing, turning that then into copy for those landing pages as well. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, we're we're redoing our website right now. So I'm very much in the like website copywriting mode. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see it all come together. But I, I feel this question very deeply because I've been writing copy for, for a little while now, preparing for the new website. How do you know that your messaging is working? Yeah, so I think... It's a bit of an art and a science together to know because there's so many things changing and happening all the time that it's hard sometimes to attribute a message to an outcome like very directly. But there's still a few things that I look at. So I will look at leads generated from a specific email campaign, for example. If I send something out and it gets more leads than a previous campaign on the very same product or very same topic, then I might go back and look at that messaging and say, what did I say here that <laughs> that worked <laughs> and got people to click on it? <laughs> so that's one way. I also, if I change something or update something, I check in with the sales team to see their confidence or what they're feeling, You know, if it makes sense to people or not. So for example, that same product I was talking about earlier with the documents, verifying documents, we called it document verification to begin with on all our materials. And a sales team member came up to me and said, people are asking me if they can validate all this random stuff, like a utility bill or like, I don't know, my son's graduation certificate. They don't, they don't know what a document is very clearly. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I didn't even think of this. And so we changed it in, to ID document verification in all the copy. And so going back to them and saying, does this now make more sense when you're in calls with customers? Are you getting these weird questions about, you know, random documents <laughs> still, or are people more clear on it? So there's their confidence and, and feedback really helps as well. And then I also look at our reasons for winning a lot. So if we close a deal, why did they pick us? And if those things that they're stating why they picked us match up with the messages that I'm putting out, I have a feeling that I'm on the right track. So those are three big things that I try to leverage when I am figuring out if it works or if it's something's not really connecting. So you said you, you go back to different departments. Are there other ways that you validate your messaging and positioning? Yeah, yeah. So I do follow some metrics in terms of like weekly I'm tracking my leads funnel. So 
this can sometimes be a little bit looser because a lot of things happen within the span of a week. But if I'm getting more conversion clicks on a certain web page within that week, I might look at, okay, did I do a LinkedIn post here? And what did I talk about there? Or I look at where things are coming from. So if more demos are being scheduled from our LinkedIn, okay, what did I post? Or from our blog, what was this blog about? You know, obviously more people are reading it and clicking on it. So what have I said in here that that maybe I can take over to other materials or maybe it needs to be a more central piece to the messaging of this product. So those are some of the metrics that I'll look at that help me determine if something's working or not. Also, I like to look at sales material usage. So if I have a material that's on a specific topic and people are really leveraging it a lot in their in their demos, in their calls, that sort of tells me that people that messaging is a little clearer to people and they feel confident presenting it and fe- are feeling like it works. So those are some of the more like harder quantifiable things that that I can point to to help me determine if things are working or not. What are ongoing activities that you're using to improve and optimize your message? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it is it is a lot of those things. And I, I do find it is a very ongoing process for me. That being said, like I'm not trying to change things every single week because I think that can become very, very confusing and like nobody will know what the what the heck they're supposed to be talking about every anymore. But I think it definitely is that listening and that feedback that I try to use to optimize. And then I think I'm always trying to iterate slowly on language because that's something I think it doesn't really get at like the core of the message. Maybe the selling point is the same, but you're not saying it in a way that's very clear. And so listening to customers on calls is really helpful to hear how they talk about it and actually adopting their language into my messaging is something that I try to iterate on frequently enough. If maybe there's a different market I'm targeting that people talk about something in a different way, those slight changes that don't confuse the sales team too much because you're not actually changing the core of what's being said, but you're talking in the customer's voice in a way that they will hopefully understand more easily. You said you're not changing all the time, but how often do you make updates and changes to your messaging and positioning? Yeah, I would say it, it, can be a little ad hoc, but probably for the the products I'm very focused on about every six months, maybe. And that's, I, I think, it's <laughs> very anecdotal number there. But it's it's either, I would say, either every six months or when we feel like something isn't working. Like if we've launched a product, it's not hitting. People aren't understanding what it's about, they're not seeing deals being closed, then we revisit it right away because we have we clearly haven't put it out in a way that makes sense. So if something is going terribly wrong, <laughs> then it will probably address it ad hoc. If nothing's going terribly wrong, I would say just to revise every six months, maybe I'll change something at that point, maybe not. You know, if it still feels, feels like it's authentic, feels like it's working, feels like people are still... St- suffering through the same problems and it's still addressing the same problems, then there's not a change necessary. But maybe a new use case came up that I'd never seen before, then I might add something new. Or a new fraud 
I don't know, type is out breaking and this is something that we haven't addressed in our messaging at all, then I need to make an update. So yes, that was a, it was a bit of a loose answer, but a bit ad hoc at this point for us. So taking this a little bit more personally for you, Megan, is there a product company or a specific launch that you had the most fun working on messaging? So there was one product that we put out, I guess maybe last year. So maybe I'll back up a bit. So we work obviously in the fraud space, doing identity verification, data security, you know, user onboarding, all that kind of stuff. And we had really seen during, I guess, the rise in the pandemic where there was a lot of money floating around, a lot of people were putting out big promotions on their platforms. There was this huge fraud case that broke out where people were creating fake IDs and then referring themselves to platforms. And so they were trying to collect multiple times on like a referral bonus or things like that. And it was like rampant in the markets that we're in. And we primarily operate in Africa. And so we created a facial verification solution that would match people to their own face to make sure that, you know, when you're onboarding someone, it's not the same person that you've onboarded before. But it was a really cool launch to work on because we had a lot of data around it. Like we could really show a customer, you know, you've had a user onboard 150 times and like, this is a problem for you and really put it into like, it felt like investigative journalism a little bit. Like I was getting to the bottom of this this fraud case and like telling customers why they needed to care about it and how it was impacting them personally. And it felt like we could get very into the details. And so we put together a lot of templates with our data team on like how you can basically show this customer exactly how this problem is impacting them and how much it's costing them and all of this. And it was... It was a really exciting project to work on because it was so in the moment and we like had this problem and we were solving it. And then we were telling people how it was impacting them in this very clear presentation. I've just, I've never been a part of something that was so like in real time like that. (laughs) In your experience, to become great at crafting messaging, what do you think is needed? I think it's really important to be a listener Because at the end of the day, you're crafting your message for somebody else and you're trying to put yourselves into their shoes of what they understand and how they see things and how they're seeing this problem or how they see this, you know, what what they're facing on a daily basis. So really listening to your customers and like deeply listening (laughs) to what they're saying, the words they're using, how they're saying it is something that I try to learn on. And then I think being open to feedback. I definitely don't get it right every time. And I'm sure most, (laughs) nobody gets it right every single time. So just, you know, being, don't get it, not getting too, too attached to what you've done and being like, oh, but this was great messaging. Like it really rang and I I wanted it to work so bad, but being open to feedback when it's not working and you have to take a new direction and you have to try again. And so hearing that feedback, I think is really important as well. And those are, I mean, I guess probably that ties into being a listener. So listening to the people you're writing it for and listening to the people who are trying to help you get closer to that vision. Are there specific things you should learn? Where would you go learn them? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of great resources and great people out there to help 
help you learn. I mean, for me, I'm I'm still new in the product marketing space. And so I'm learning a lot. I've joined Slack communities and other product marketers will just like raise questions. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I've ha- this has happened to me and I have nobody else to talk about with it, my company. So I would really encourage people to reach out to other people in in the industry, in product marketing, who are writing messaging, who are, you know, doing launches and what they're seeing, because I think you'll find there's a lot of similar things happening for probably all of us in different in different circumstances. So yeah, trying to look, find a community of other people doing something similar and, and leveraging that is would be, I mean, I think what you're doing here too with this podcast is exactly that. Just listening to stories of other product marketers and how they're they're approaching these problems because it's a it's a newer field, I think. Like product marketing is really on the up and up. And so I think a lot of us are still trying to learn as we go and and doing trial by error and things like that. So listening to how other people have failed might help you fail slightly less. <laughs> well, thank you again, Megan Kierstead, product marketing manager at Smile Identity. Do you have any final words of advice? Any tips that have helped you throughout your career? I think the Probably biggest thing is try not to be too afraid and too worried about being perfect. I think sometimes, you know, we want, especially I think in a marketing setting or a messaging setting, you're like spending so much time dwelling on something to get it right and to, you know, say it in the exact way you want something to come out. And I don't know if perfect is possible. (laughs) So try not to get too hung up on things. And I think that will help you like move along a little bit more smoothly, maybe. So thank you again, Megan, for being on. We very much appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. This is B2B Messaging Podcast. We'll see you next time.